Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal-aqibat lil-mutaqeen. Wal-a'idwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa salwatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursalain Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlu al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, guys, um, so today, inshallah, um, I wanted to do what? I wanted to, number one, summarize what we spoke about and make sure that we can box off the whole qada issue. Bring this forward. Yes, on. bring this forward, 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 forward. Sorry, I'll just bring it forward. I won't see any much, much closer. I don't like the fact that people are so far away. Much better that people are close. Sunnah to be close, by the way, yeah? When you're with the teachers, soon it's be very, very close. Um, so, uh, one, I wanted to box off yesterday's uh, studies, and, and last week, sorry, and if there's any remaining questions. Number two, I wanted to put to bed the other outstanding issue that we've had recently, which kind of comes up but we don't deal with, which is the issue of a coma, and medically induced, and so on and so forth, loss of consciousness, okay, which is similar. And then number three, we want to cover the um, today's session, which will complete the notes on the page as well. So it's the last session, it's the last lesson, and then we start a new section completely of the conditions of the prayer, and we'll be starting about the aura, the aura. Okay, so that's that. Um, so where were we? We were on the. Uh, we explained last week, uh, or the last few weeks actually, that prayers are to be made up when. Number one, someone legally responsible reaches an amount of the prayer's time equal to the amount of the opening takbir, while his legal responsibility has then ended and his legal responsibility has then returned. Also a very messy phrase and obviously, but we dealt with it. It took us a couple of weeks, but we dealt with it, yeah? Or menstruation begins and there is then purity. So this is referring to the whole point of is there enough time to get back into the prayer, etc. One is required to perform the prayer and any prayer that was joined before to it, if the prayer becomes obligatory upon him before its time ends. Then last week, it is obligatory to immediately make up missed prayers in order. In order is what we're going to cover today. However, maintaining that order is rescinded if forgotten or out of fear of the current prayer's preferred time exiting. Let me repeat that again. That's what we're going to be covering today. However, maintaining that order of making up missed prayers, that order is rescinded if forgotten, meaning the prayer order is forgotten, or out of fear of the current prayer's preferred time exiting. Okay? So that's what we're going to cover today. Inshallah. Um, as a summary of what we talked about, we have two basic schools when it comes to the issue of missed prayers. Okay? When we're talking about missed prayers, we are not talking about someone who wakes up late and misses his prayer. Okay? We know about that. We're not talking about someone who reaches Maghrib and then says, Oh my God, you know, because this is winter, two hours literally can go through, and he suddenly realizes, I completely forgot to pray Asr, for example. Yeah? We're not talking about that. We know that in these scenarios, you have to make up the prayer. 
Soon as you remember the prayer, you have to make up the prayer. Soon as you wake up, you have to make up the prayer. We've covered that. We know that. We are talking, last week, we were talking about someone who intentionally missed prayers. Now, when we say intentionally, one doesn't have to say, I am not going to pray. All right. What it means is that a person is mature, has no reason not to pray, and doesn't pray. They justify to themselves by either I'm too dirty or either I'm too tired or I'm too young or I'm too old or, you know, I, I can't be bothered or whatever nonsense he comes out with. He comes out with, that's the yeah, his problem. But that's called intentionally missing a prayer. Now, when it comes to uh, the majority of the scholars and by the majority, we mean the four imams straight out, even though there's a little bit of difference between the uh, some of the madhahib, like the Shafi'is and so, there's always a little bit of chatter in a, a madhab itself. Some of the imams will often yani, go outside of the madhab, or what we call the mu'tamad, which is the established position in the madhab, or al-muftabihi, which is the fatwa of a particular madhab. You'll find mujtahid imams, those who are eminently qualified within a madhab, that will often step outside uh, uh, the, the, the normative kind of confines of the of the madhab and uh, and profess a, a new opinion. So that always exists. But in general, the four imams and the majority of the scholars, they did not differentiate between a prayer that was missed intentionally or unintentionally. And so therefore they said that whatever your reason is, once you come round to it, once you realize you know, what a fool you've been and you've missed these prayers, they have to be made up. And we covered all of those evidences last week because... Uh, it's an act of worship. It is owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other hadith is being used of the sleep, etc., etc., etc. Okay? Then there is a second opinion. And it, it is legitimately correct to call it a minority opinion. But remember, of course, that in fiqh, when it comes to law, minority and majority are not important. It's what evidences are what is important. Okay? And it is not a case unless it is. The only time majority becomes important is in two, two, two cases. And this is important for you to know as students of knowledge. One is the obvious one, when there's ijma'ah. When there's ijma'ah, meaning consensus, then it is crazy to go against the consensus. That's scary, because no one is disagreeing. And by the way, again, we've said this before, consensus is not the opinion of every single scholar in history, but it means at a key time. Okay? And in principle, the, the best of consensus is the consensus of the companions. Okay? And that's, that's an issue then, which is then not looked at again, once you have that consensus. But then, normatively, we are looking at the consensus of a legal age of so for example at the age of the imams at the age of the salaf a consensus is what needs to be seen you don't keep digging keep digging that is a time when majority matters the other time when majority matters is if there's some confusion in the issue or you want to take a safe position then you go with the majority that's the power of the majority in that when a person doesn't know what to do then he goes with it and that basically what that does is that it keeps you in a safe ground okay but let me make it clear and you all, you all know that my methodology and my advice and my certainly my practice for you folks is always to stick on the safe side when it comes to fiqh. When there is yeah, an opportunity to be able to cover two positions by an act, then you do it, okay? Um, but that should never ever make anyone here believe that I believe that it's okay to, to, that, that one mustn't take a minority position. No. If you believe a minority position is correct, based upon the evidences, and that is what you see as most authentic and most making sense, then it is actually a, what's the word? A dereliction of duty, okay, to abandon that position. 
Okay? As a scholar, certainly. As students, you're following your teacher regardless, or you're following the majority regardless, so it doesn't really matter. You're following your mother regardless. But someone who has the ability to discern and study an issue, and they avoid something, I don't want to say they're bottling it, but it's not right, okay? And they should go with what is right, what is right, okay? Um, so when it comes to this minority issue, it is a controversial one because there's such a weight of uh, scholarship against. But the evidence is not necessarily with them. There is no actual straight-cut evidence that makes it clear that a person who intentionally misses the prayer then should be given the right to pray it again. Because as we said before, one of the key conditions for the prayer is the time itself. And once you have messed that up, you don't deserve to be given the right to make the prayer up again. Uh, you don't. Now remember, before anyone makes the mistake, that the two positions are not opposite to one another in terms of effort. Okay, because it's not like yani, you're letting one side off and the other side is not letting them off. Because the, the other side, or you can say my side, is still insisting that this person prays at least that same amount in... Nafil prayer and sunnah prayer, as we mentioned last week, to build up the bank. As we said, the hadith of Prophet ﷺ, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the angels to reach in and pull out the obligatory prayer and it is deficient, then it will have to be the job of the voluntary prayers that will fix it. So if the voluntary prayers are not all there, then there's a problem. So we need to fill that bank up. So this is not an issue of one has got more effort or not effort. And even if there was less effort, that's not an argument against it. That would be an emotional argument. Intellectual argument is not based upon that whose opinion is correct. Does it have more ibadah in it or not? That's nonsensical as well. So in any case, we have these two positions, all right? And my class position is that a person who has not prayed intentionally, missed a prayer intentionally, whether that's one year, 10 years or 20, they do not make up those prayers they make sincere tawbah for it with all of its conditions that I mentioned and they have to now expiate via building up that bank of sunnah prayers as much as possible the majority okay we are going to approach for the sake of the class so that we can understand the rest of the text and that is a sensible opinion it is the majority opinion which is that all prayers need to be made up that you miss regardless of whether you like it or not etc etc they need to be made up okay and how are they going to be made up that's what we're going to be talking about today is that clear everybody um and i also uh, said was speaking to me earlier on and saying that uh, uh, surely if a person prays then he, that's, he's not going to lose out um you know uh, if you were to adopt a position, you'd adopt a safer position, which is to pray it, okay? And that was the fatwa of, uh, of Sheikh uh, Abdul Aziz bin Baz, as I said last week, yes? That was Ibn Baz's fatwa as well. Sheikh Uthameen, he stood on his position, he said no. Sheikh bin Baz said exactly that. He said, Al-Ahwat, yani what's better and what's safer is a person, he does do that, yeah? Um, but, I, I, but also he's very well known for explaining this point, and you should also know as students that just because a point is safer does not mean it is more correct. Okay, and what he is saying, and, and, and this is not some small thing, this is a lifetime of, you know, thousands of prayers, which is a numbing process, especially when you feel like it's gone already, okay, it's not something that you feel that, you know, you know that it's not the living moment, a prayer itself, <laughs> when a person is making up, a, when a person is praying a prayer that they don't want to pray, its quality is always going to be very, very poor. Okay, one of the great things about praying in Jama'ah is that it's a feeling that you can't recreate. That we know what it feels like to be there for Fajr, we know what it's like to be there for Isha, we know that the Dhuhr is a separate kind of prayer, it's a quiet one, but we're just happy just to pray just because of recovering over the morning retail nonsense of having to deal with people and God knows what. Yeah. Every prayer has its own little kind of, you know, maza, right? And then to do one that is divorced and devoid of any modern reality is difficult by nature. 
Did, I did tell you the story of Ibn Taymiyyah, right? About the, the guy who came and to him. Did I? I just go in my mind. I never said it to you, but I'm sure I said it. About a man who came to Ibn Taymiyyah. He said that um, I've not prayed all these prayers. Uh, I never finished the story. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so let me tell you what the story that he said, which is a side interesting angle on this fiqh issue. Ibn Taymiyyah, he narrates that a man came to him and he said that, uh, Sheikh, um, just help me out here. Uh, uh, tell me where I'm going wrong. Um, I put my hand up. I, I haven't prayed for like 30 years. I haven't prayed all my life kind of thing, right? And so I went to my imams and... You know, a lot, of the, a lot of the people who came to Ibn Taymiyyah at his time, they were all in very strong madhab strongholds, especially Shafi'i and, and some Hanbali strongholds, okay? And they were very, very, you know, mutamassikin bil madhab. And so, um, uh, uh, so he, he said to Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, I went to our, our Mulvis basically, and I said to them, this is my situation. And they said that you've got to make up all of your prayers. And then while I was there, this guy came, okay, and he was a Jew. The Jew came and he said, I want to become Muslim. And so the, the, the man, the, 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 they gave him the Shahada and he became Muslim. And then they told him that from today you can start praying. So, so he goes to Ibn Taymiyyah, he goes, I couldn't work it out. He goes, yeah, and for, for, he goes, basically, I got punished for being Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> He goes, well, I, I, I said to them that I also want to become a Jew, okay? And then I want to become Muslim again, and that will be cancelling everything. And it will, of course, because the majority position of all of the scholars, and this is now a serious point, okay? Side kind of, you know, the joke is still going on, but let's move to the side and have a quick discussion here. There is a separate issue which we haven't explored, which let me remind you that it's the humbly predominant position that the one who does not pray, he... Leaves Islam. Okay? Now, there, there's a discussion amongst the scholars. When there's someone who actively leaves Islam, says, I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic, I don't believe, whatever, and he exits, okay? The period of time that he comes, that, that now he's non-Muslim, then he comes back into Islam, which does happen, and used to happen, okay? And actually happened recently to some few people that we know as well, okay? They come back, and then they are now facing two questions. What of sins, actions, X, Y, Z, when they were Muslim first time round. What about everything that's in between as a period? Yeah. And then now we treat you as a, like a new person, right? Do we? Or do we say, no, no, you're not getting away with that. You have to uh, bring, obviously, the rest of the stuff forward as well. I don't know if there's a consensus because I'd then be guessing. I know for a fact that it's the majority position of all scholars that there's nothing upon this guy. I mean, the guys need it anyway. Right? He's taking the world's biggest risk ever in history. If that was a way of cleaning the slate here, yeah, then I'm sure there's better ways, right? But the point is, is that that's what he did. No one obligates him to do anything. It's like cancelled. He didn't have the condition. Every act of prayer in between, he was non-Muslim anyway. That's the easy part. The part before, though, when he, he owed stuff when he was a Muslim, that's also looked at, well, that got cancelled once he left Kufr and once he, once he entered Kufr, left Iman. So what I'm trying to say is that what people forget is that even in the discussion of the normal guy, the one who didn't pray intentionally but still thought he was Muslim, according to some of the humblies and many of the companions, he became non-Muslim anyway. Now, Ibn Taymiyyah does not use this argument because if he uses this argument, then the whole game is up, all right? 
But that's like, I don't want to say it's a lazy argument, but he could use that argument. And he could say, well, you know what? This person doesn't need to pray anyway because he wasn't Muslim all that time. All right? And nothing. And the zakat that he didn't pay, he doesn't need to make up that either because he was not Muslim all that time. So therefore, there's nothing upon him. Now, I just want to say that is an argument that some scholars do use. They don't hold back and they say, there's nothing to make up. How can a person ever claim to be Muslim for whatever reason when he's not praying? We covered that, isn't it? You know, majority said he's not, he remains Muslim, a fasik, whereas uh, uh, the Hanbalis and the companions, as the, the, as the consensus is claimed, is that whoever leaves the prayer, they have disbelieved. So that's another caveat that needs to be considered. Now let's get back into this story, okay? Now, Ibn Taymiyyah, when he saw this guy, the guy goes, um, I wish I was a Jew. He said that. So now he turns to the audience, okay? As he's speaking. He goes, that, is this the justice of Islam? Does this fit with the objective of Islam? That a person like that gets yani, a situation where he ma- basically makes tawbah from kufr and enters in, it should be sufficient for this person who makes tawbah from the kabair and also re-enters in. And that is why, and this was Ibn Taymiyyah's like little emotional joker that he played, you know, like the card. Yani, he made his intellectual argument. He said, you can't pray outside the time. Time is a condition. You can't give this person the right to pray. That's a disgrace. He's made a joke of the prayer. You can't, yani, we should punish him by not allowing him even to touch that prayer, etc., etc. These are clear evidences. Then he played his joker. He played the emotional card, yani, which is this side argument. Then he turns and he says that this is my position, that a person who didn't pray, the person who didn't pay zakah, this is interesting. The person who didn't fast, all of them. If a person didn't do that intentionally, he does not make it up. So Ibn Taymiyyah really is the flag bearer of this position. And it, as I said, it is what it is, okay? It is my position as well, okay? I do believe that a person who... Um, I do believe that a person who has the will and the himma, yani the aspiration and the strength to do it, yeah, I need to make everything up. They should and they could. Because they'll be safe, they'll follow the majority, and whatever. But it's not something that I will see to p- say to many people in the West. Because people, you know, in the West, they're pathetic, yeah, you know, weak. They're mentally very weak. Physically very, very untrained, not connected to the Salah, whatever. Whereas our Desi Log kind of folks, they're very, very tough. You know, they, they, you know the, the most Desis who come to you, yeah, especially those who are born abroad, they actually approach you with the full expectation and wanting to make up all those prayers. And you're like almost putting a break on it. You know what I'm trying to say? That I'm not a massive kind of believer in. I think that if a person wants to go ahead and with most of the scholars around him probably saying the same thing, why am I going to change anything there? Let him continue. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. And he's following the majority. But the people that who ask me that question are not that kind of way built. They're born here. They're weak. They don't even know why they're praying. Then they're just kind of... You know, you know that this is the kind of person who's just going to see the whole thing as a punishment. They see the whole thing not as an opportunity or as a punishment. And so in this position, I say that's what they do. They make tawbah and they do not make up the obligatory prayers. So that's a summary of everything, okay? I don't think I need to repeat that again. I now just want to just move into the issue of a coma and being uh, unconscious. Sorry, quick question. Yeah. Um, well, this is actually what Sayyid was saying. He goes, regardless whether it is or not, it's a prayer, isn't it? Okay. So that's why I wanted to say that whatever opinion you choose, don't think that one has lesser, um, not lesser merit, obviously not lesser merit, because it's ishtihad. Whenever there's ishtihad, both opinions are always equal merit, always. I meant lesser effort, because you might think, this, which one's the easier to do? There is no easier one to do. 
Yeah. In this one, you got to make up the obligatory prayers. It's either going to be accepted as obligatory prayers, or worst case, it gets yeah, and accepted as some random nafil prayers. Yeah, with a with an uh, with an intention that didn't get accepted. Basically, on this side, it was intended nafil prayers. Yeah. So in terms of effort, it's the same. Okay, it's the same. Obviously, with how we got there in ruling, very different, complete different legal cases, and it's very important in students' knowledge that you're able to differentiate between the two. Uh, yeah. What about um, merging them both cases together, for example? I mean, a person who does a tawbah, and uh, I mean, because if we take the second opinion, which is to make up the salah, or yep. the salawat, then uh, obviously you have to do some sort of calculation and you work it out. Yeah. So, what about a person who does a tawbah, yep. and, a wafil, and he does as much as he can of that? So, it wouldn't be that way around. What you've mentioned is well known from the scholars, but it's the other way around, meaning that hardly anyone will just say, from the madhabs, I mean, if you were to ask them, you don't see it so much written down, but if you were to ask them in real life, okay, no one, even even if I even if I am giving you the ruling according to your madhab, uh, so Hanifi asks me and he goes according to Hanifi madhab, I will say to him, you make up the prayers and you add nafil. No one ever says you don't add extra nafil because of the reason that you said. Their numbers can't be exact. You, it's not just yani, it's, it's not maths. This isn't maths. Yeah, you are trying to make up a major deficit, but not via mathematical equation. Yeah, so there is some discipline on order numbers, but you would definitely add lots of extra nafil anyway. Yeah, so yes, you could argue that uh, in the end, the madhab position will end up praying more. Yeah, however, that's not necessarily technically true because when we say to the other side that you've got to make up for it in nafil, we don't say calculate how many fard you missed and equal it. We say plenty of nafil. So it couldn't work out that this guy prays more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Uh, so when you said that the humble position is when someone is salat, it's yeah, giving Islam. Yes. What's the time frame? Because you know there are many Muslims who might pray only three times a year. Yeah, so the humblies are strict in that, in that that's the differentiating point between them and the others. That for them, it doesn't matter. If you do not pray two prayers, after, uh, above two and above meaning. So two prayers missed, okay, is there's a chance. But the third prayer, then you've, you've left. Intentionally, of course, we're talking. Because you can always make an excuse for someone who's missed one prayer. And two prayers, you can say that it's like he missed one prayer. Why, what, do I, what do I mean by that? Because two prayers always occupies one time period. So Dhuhr Asr is that afternoon period. And Maghrib and Isha is one time period. And Fajr is a time period. So they would argue that. And we covered this in detail. Let's go back to the notes and look at it. Um, if a person missed Dhuhr and Asr, okay... It's almost seen like one prayer missed because they both occupy the same space. If a person, like, like if you missed Dhuhr and Asr, right, because they're so close to each other, there are a couple of reasons that could lead to that. But if a person missed Maghrib as well, intentionally, this is a very clear intentional act and not some mistake. So that's, that's what's going on. So, yeah. Also, I thought about the thing like a non Muslim who becomes a Muslim or before. I mean, when he dies as a disbeliever, for example, okay. that would be easy way to approach. So, if he dies as a disbeliever, he will not be just punished for the kufr, but every single obligation he left. That that, 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 of course, we discussed many times in this class. Is a Muslim held accountable, or is a, is a, is a non-Muslim, mm-hmm. sorry, held accountable for the manusheh of sharia, or the rulings of sharia? Or is he just going to get whacked for kufr in of itself? 
I mean, Ibn Taymiyyah is very clear on a position that they're not. Ibn Taymiyyah's position is very famously that a non-Muslim is not held accountable for Islamic rules. And that's actually why he... Why is Ibn Taymiyyah such a dominant voice in fiqh? Because he is very, very relevant to the Western experience. That's why. He, he, his, his rulings are very dynamic. He, they, they differ according to various different circumstances. He has many rulings on non-Muslims which make it practical. That's why the Hanafi madhab has always also been very, very uh, dominant. Because it has had a lot of time in rule, had the experience, and there's got to be a difference. You've got to recognize that it's not just law, it's experience as well, dealing with minorities and so on. Um, how is the zakat, uh, Solange asks, um, included in a category of acts which are not made up when missed? Is it not the right of the recipient? I would have thought that this would make it repayable retroactively or retrospectively uh, speaking. And that's a very good point, okay? If you understand what Solange is saying, She's saying that how can we include zakat in this category because it's not about the right of Allah only, it's the right of the people that you should pay the zakat included. And that's a very good position. And um, it is also my personal position that money, that when you pay zakat, that's why I think that there is zakat upon children. Okay, And there are many um, uh, imams that said no, no, not at all because they said that to do an act of worship, you have to have a niyyah and a child cannot have a niyyah. So therefore they can't pay zakat. And likewise, the insane one, the Hanafis, for example, they said there's no zakat upon the child or the insane one because the insane one also doesn't, can't, act, can't do ibadah. You don't ask for salah from an insane one because he can't do it. The Prophet ﷺ said that the pen has been lifted from the one who is insane. Yes? And likewise, fasting. You have to have aql and aniyya. So we said no, no, zakah definitely has to be paid by the insane and the child because the zakah is not upon the person, it's upon the money. And the money has to be paid. So if the money is there, then it has to be paid. So how would we respond to Salange? Well, first of all, there would be two responses. Number one, there would be those where we agree with her. And I think it's a very strong argument that regardless, you can repent from the sin, but you still have to work out the money and pay the money because it's someone else. But then there's also kind of like a, a semantic argument here because... Um, <coughs> The money issue, uh, how can I explain it? The other opinion that would say that you don't pay, you don't do nothing or anything like that, is that you've taken on the entire sin. So meaning that the right of the people, okay, like um, uh, 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 you can understand an action, that's the, that's the right of Allah. And you make tawbah and the right of Allah is now dealt with. How about the rights of the people? So what I want to say is that imagine that I don't give the people their rights, does that allow them to ransack my house and steal my money? That's the question. You get it? Yeah, what do you think? Is it allowed? So let's say that I don't pay zakah for 20 years, okay? Um, is it allowed for anyone who designates themselves as a rightful recipient of zakah to say, you owe me 2.5% or you owe us? Let's say he's a representative of a union, whatever, okay? 2.5%, you owe me. It could have been someone else. Mm -hmm. It could have been someone else. Go on, Karen, what do you think? Yanni, I'm just trying to look at this practically. What is my comeback, okay? Uh, 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 these people would have to take it off me somehow, okay? And only the authority can do that. And even the authority is going to be loath to go and do that, Yanni, retrospectively when a person did not intend to give it. Meaning, what I want to try and say is that it will now be incorporated into the level of the sin, so 
you didn't get away with not paying. You got away with not paying, sure, but it was recompensed or it was compensated with a greater level of sin occurred. <coughs> that's what I understand it as. That's my position. So that is the response to uh, how how is a person going to get away, get away with it? Well, they get away with not paying it, but they will be held accountable for the amount of money they didn't pay. Okay, because normally that is right. You would have to pay the money. I hope that you understand that it's nuanced point that she's asking. I know that because she's she took a zakat with me, and we mentioned this point as well. Um, and definitely, I, I would say, anyone that I know, unless it is someone like this guy who's desperate for 60 years, because I remember, I remember being approached by a sister. Um, like, I've been approached by people asking this question, many, many, many people, and I make all of them pay the money back because they're very practicing, five, six years, uh, not much, and they're strong enough and they're ready to take the hit, whatever. I remember a sister who came to me who had not paid zakah for 30 years. And we're talking a huge sum of money that she didn't even have. Okay? And I said, no, you don't need to pay it back. All right? And I remember Sheikh Ihlan giving a fatwa to someone who had not paid for 40 years. Like that. And the same. Meaning that the position of the fiqh, or fatwa, sorry, is certainly something which, which, which moves and is flexible according to how do you see the person what, uh, you know, uh, their ability to be able to deal with it. Because remember, my base position is that you don't need to give it back anyway. So for someone to give it back is a bonus. And so if I can see someone who can handle it, then absolutely, you know, do it. For a person, you don't feel that, yeah, and they can take it on, then that's something different. But that's only because my base position is that you don't need to give it back. Okay? Because you've sinned. And you've taken it on uh, that sin extra for not even paying the people either. Okay? All right. Let's move on to then... Um, if you're making up lots of prayers, how would you make it up? That's what we're covering today. Okay. Um, so, um, I came across a nice summary about the issue of someone who's in a coma. Because that's what Mesa has been asking over the last few weeks and a few other folks. Okay. So, let's differentiate between two things here. A person can either be, uh, have an accident and lose senses, or they're going in for an operation and they need an anesthetic. Okay. So... We'll do with the one who intentionally takes an anesthetic, an anesthetic and is out for five days. Well, let's deal with the one who is in an accident. If you are in an accident and you are knocked out for five days, okay, or ten days, or any period of time, what happens? What you know? So first of all, let's define the person who's fainted or unconscious. We said before that it does not get the ruling of sleep. We've covered that before. Sleep is something that a person can be woken up out of, but fainting, uh, fainting similar, uh, but it is not. And coma is not, and anesthesia is not, because by definition, unless you administer something, you can't wake them. I mean, naturally, I mean. So um, if you shake a person who's sleeping, they wake up, right? But if someone who is out cold because of whatever, a medical reason, I don't think you can wake them up unless you do something vastly, you know, spelling salts or, or ammonia or whatever, okay? Something significant. So it's that's important that a person is not, the qiyas is not made against sleep, all right? Now, that's number one. Number two, what do the rulings or are the rulings based upon? The Hanafis are very famous for this. They said that if a person is out in this category, meaning by accident, for five uh, prayers or above, and the Hanbalis, some Hanbalis said six prayers and above, then they don't pray. Nothing. It's all gone. Okay? Whereas the one who is under five prayers, the Hanafis, they said that you need to pray. 
Okay, so if a person, for example, lost consciousness in the daytime and then, you know, came back around and there was four prayers that had gone in between, he has to make up those four prayers. Is that clear? They basically said that it's like sleep, it's nothing major, and it only starts to lose its sleep-like quality and move into a different category of reality once it starts to go over five prayers, once it starts to go over a day. A day is 24 hours, obviously, and no one normally sleeps for 24 hours, except Bob Ziani after a good shift. Not even that, bro. Not even that. Well, like I was at the back of right now, guys knocked out for six, but just he woke up right now in panic. It's okay, bro. I can see you, man. I, that place is made for you, bro. I know, yeah. Just sliding like that. He doesn't even want to come this way, yeah. I'm telling you. So that's that. And, and humbly, as I said, they, they said six to just make it more easier to give a ruling for. Okay. Um, then we have one riwayah. We have a athar from Ammar ibn Yasir, okay, and this is the one that I referenced in year two or year three. Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu an, it is narrated, and I have not seen the authenticity or had the ability to find <coughs> and do a study on this chain, okay, but it's definitely been seen by authentic, as authentic by a number of scholars. Ammar ibn Yasir apparently lost consciousness for three days, okay, and, for, and after he came round three days later, he said to the people around him, what happened? They said that you were out for three days. He goes three days, and then he immediately made wudu, and he uh, prayed three days of prayers. Okay. That's the athar from a companion. Nothing from the Prophet ﷺ, as we said before. Nothing from the companions in terms of large-scale kind of agreement or anything. We have just this singular narration. It is for that reason, that reason, that the... Uh, that Ibn Baz, uh, he gave the fatwa, saying that if a person is out for less than three days, okay, then he has to make up the prayer. If he is out for more than three days, then he doesn't need to make the prayer up. Going back on the basic principle that one is not accountable for anything when he is not there. And the only reason even that we're making him do for three days, because we don't even believe that he should pray if he misses one prayer if he faints. But the only reason that we're making him do it is because of this yani, precedent. Now, you will, this, this precedent from Ammar ibn Yasir. Now, of course, you should know that the opinion of one companion is not a legal evidence. It's just an indication, but it's a good indication. All right? It's just an indication and a good indication, but it's no way a legal evidence. It no way makes others follow or whatever. It is for that reason that the Shafi'is and the Malikis, as official madhab position, any prayers that are missed when you are knocked out. Any prayers are never to be made up. You did not exist. It was not in your control. You were not part of yani, the process. You were gone. And as long as you don't wake up back in the same prayer time, then it was like you weren't even there. Like you weren't even there. Like menstruation. Just like menstruation. It's not difficult to understand. Menstruating woman, she will miss a whole load of prayers. And it's like, you know what? When it comes down to praying again, when she looks back on that period of time, she just says, it's like I wasn't even there. You get, you get what I'm saying? Sorry? Oh, uh, we've covered it, obviously. Don't make us go back there again. We spent three weeks on that. Okay? Yes. So, this, so uh, the Shafi'i school, the Maliki school, some of the Hanabila. The Hanafis, they said, has to be five and above. The Hanbalis, as a position, they basically said six and above. When you go above that, then whatever. Ibn Ba said three days and above. All of this is Ishtihad. 
There's no text, there's no nas, no Qur'an, no sunnah. There's a very clear principle though, of course, in Qur'an and sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ said that the pen has been lifted from the one who is sleeping. Okay, And so therefore we know that here, this is even worse than sleeping. This person had no control. Then we have another scenario. This is the position where a person intentionally opts for an operative procedure that's going to require anesthesia, etc. and be out, out. Here, pretty much the scholars are all in agreement that a prayer needs to be made up. Okay, They put themselves under. They are the ones who are responsible for it. They need to make provision before, like combining a couple of prayers before, before they go out. And then whatever happens when they come out afterwards, if they can do you know, a combiner to, to fix it, fine. And if they were out for like five, six, seven, eight prayers, they make them up. That's the safest position. And it makes sense because this is a person who opted for that. Now, it could be argued that no one wants to do that. People do it because they're forced to do it. All right? Um, that's not strictly true. It's not strictly true. Right? Because, I mean, we're living in an age where, you know, it's the fashion to avoid general anesthesia. And we're actually now even moved into the post-truth age. I just love that phrase. It's the greatest phrase ever. Post-truth stage. Where people now, you know, they judge themselves, you know, or not judge, they, they challenge themselves by no anesthesia whatsoever. Right? Well, looking at folks around there, there's, there's no one actually operating. Where's, where's, your, where's your guy, Yara? What's his name? Uh, Arfan. He's the only surgeon here who actually comes. I mean, I think we asked him before and he did say that, right? It is true. There are more and more people not taking any anesthesia, doing kinds of surgery and just trying to bear with it. I'm right in that. I've seen that. Yeah, no, it's true. Trust me, man. Well, what kind of surgery? Uh, obviously, yeah, basic. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly like, you know, heart surgery, but I mean, you know, it is something. It is something. But definitely, you agree with the local anesthetic thing? There's a big fear. Uh, also, I mean, yeah. general anesthesia, people are frightened of that anyway. Come on, man. I can't believe people are thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't have an operation unless the anesthetic, the anesthetist, and his and his uh, uh, assistant, and the other assistant, and whatever, you can't even have a little operation unless they're all dead, all petrified of not being able to bring you around again. You all come in one week before, come in day before, check your health, check your distress. What's what I'm checking for? Because they're terrified they can't bring you back around again. Am I wrong, she said? Obviously, there are some cases where... General anesthetic is much more dangerous than yep. the mortality. So, so, I, so I'm saying that it is not so uh, obvious to think that a person uh, has to put themselves under, okay, for an operative procedure. I'm just putting that as a mitigating circumstance. But anyway, I've told you what the scholar said. Okay, let's open up for some questions. Yeah. So, what if like, there was complications and you purposely put yourself? Give me an example. Like I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you an example that 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 this uh, questioner asked. Okay, person comes in uh, in an accident and they're unconscious, but the injuries are so bad that they need to induce a coma. Okay, so that is different. That's in between both positions. You see, so it was induced for the benefit of the patient, but he was not aware of it. So in this position, we say he did not make the prayers up because he belongs to the first category, because he didn't make the conscious decision to say, I want to go and extend that. He was out, knocked out, and then the doctors for his safety continued it. I was thinking but, the opposite way so a person like, these are an operation. Yeah, say someone's having a leg operation. Yeah. They choose to undergo it, yeah. and then they fall into a coma. 
Yeah, so 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 here here basically what's happening is that a person knows what's about to happen. Alright? And the scholars are basically saying that if you know what's about to happen, you can plan and everything, whatever, then we want you to pray. Just like when you know that you need to pray, Isha, and then you just pop off. And then you wake up and you wake up at Dhuhr time because you were knackered. So you missed Isha and you missed Fajr and then a person here doesn't sin. Okay? And they wake up and they pray their Isha and they pray their Fajr and then they pray their Dhuhr. And that's the Sunnah, right? So this is actually not too far away, a million miles away from a person who needs an operation. Okay? And they know they're going to have to go to sleep. And so they make their preparation beforehand. They might pray the Dhuhr and Asr brought forward. And then they go out because they don't know how long it could be. And then complication, not complication. Whenever they wake up, they pray the rest of the prayers. Now, I will say that some of the scholars mentioned a caveat. They said that the only time that you need to make up those prayers, when you do, when you are intentionally putting yourself under, is that if the time is normatively little. But if it becomes long, then you also don't need to then make up those prayers. Now, short long is, is customary. So I would guess in current medical terms, if it went over a day, okay, or a couple of days, then you wouldn't need to make the prayer up. Do you understand? It has become, you have almost transferred, even though you are the one who initiated it, you've almost transferred into like the first category of someone who is in a very serious situation because normally you would not go under for so long. As I said, I want to make it very clear. I don't know, no one knows in fact, what should the cutover be but just some of the scholars mentioned it as a side point. They said that, look, if you ask, you opt for surgery and you put yourself out, you've got to make the prayers up. But if you ended up going out for two weeks, then you don't need to make it up because you know what? You've transferred. Obviously, the correct, uh, the, the safest answer is that you make it up anyway because we've already gone into a mindset that I'm going to make up those prayers. So you, you'd make it up. So that is, a, that is a summary of all of the positions. Okay, yes. But isn't the principle there? What is the normative position? So if you go for an operation, yeah. which lasts two hours, and yeah. your surgeon will tell you you'll be out for two hours, yeah. and there are complications, you're out for a day, yeah. although you put yourself in that position, the yeah. normative state was you would wake up and carry on. Yeah. If there are complications, you're not in control of that. So, 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 so you know, you mentioned a day, okay? Well, even... Go on. Shorter, even shorter than yeah, yeah, so, so, so that's easy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When you say a day and shorter, no one here is ever going to call it on a day or shorter, everyone's going to feel comfortable by telling someone to make up a prayer within a day. Because people can sleep for a day. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The real issue is that what happens when you start to get into five days, seven days? Are we treating this guy like a guy who's asleep? Or are we treating this guy like someone who's got a real serious issue? So what I'm trying to say is that if someone did, even though intentionally they put themselves out and they went for seven days, what we're trying to say is that we would not obligate upon this person to make the prayer up. And if he did, excellent. Yes. What about uh, the taking of post-operative drugs, which would result in... Yeah, same ruling. S- same ruling. Same ruling. Uh, <laughs> in actual fact, when you look at it from a fifth point of view, the, 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 this, this, this discussion in the earlier books of fiqh, there was no such thing as anesthesia. It was only... Uh, um, what's the word for... What's the translation for? Bang, bang, uh, opium? Opium, basically. And it was just heavily, heavily kind of, you know, maxed out just to minimize the pain. Yeah. So that was when they were using that as a, as a, as a, as a, as a calming kind of influence for operative procedures. So today's, so, so that would, would be the actual 
analogy for so that all the rulings that I'm talking about that are actually for conscious people who are in no way aware of what's going on. Today, we are far, far worse than that because we take a person out completely and intentionally so. Take them out and bring them back very, very controlled manner. So I think that there's even... I think this scientific precisionness makes it even more uh, likely that we should tell them to pray. It's very kind of controlled environment. Like very much yani, under your control. And you can actually see, when you think about it from a faqih point of view, you can see why they gave this ruling back in those days because it's an uncontrolled doses uncontrolled length of time no titration pharmacokinetic results to say that this much is going to leave this much whatever and it's like you know very out there yeah 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 Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong because we've had a few questions on this so the class position my understanding was when it comes to painting because we have that narration okay it's not a mass as such yeah of painting, we have it. Three days and less, you make up the prayer. Anything more than three days, you don't make up the prayer. Yeah. I thought that was. This is a, this is an accident scenario. Yeah. Accident start. Yeah. Painting. Yeah. I thought that was specifically for painting. Right. I think we mentioned Sheikh Uthman's position was if it was for an operative procedure and it had to be done. Then three days or not. You don't make up the prayer. Because he's seeing it as a necessity and. Uh, necessity. Whereas if it was. I don't know, plastic surgery to make it more yes. smaller, whatever it is. Yes. That you didn't need to do it. Yes. Then you would make it yes. because you made the choice. Yes. Is that the right understanding? No, no, it, it, it is the right understanding. I want, I want you to know that, again, you're moving into an area where not only have scholars given uh, statements that they've, you know, not contradicted, but yeah, they covered all areas. Um, uh, you'll find basically all of these are uh, out there as options and for tower. And all valid. There's no doubt about as it. A as, a, as a class position, I, whatever has been said, let me clarify it now. Okay, so it's very, very simple. I believe that the position of what Sheikh uh, Uthaymin uh, said, I think, is, is, is solid. Okay, as a class position. That a person who is part of the process should make up the prayers. And a person who if something happens to, then they shouldn't make the prayers up. That's, that's it. I think that the th- five days, I think, is a useful thing. Okay, and three days is a useful thing, meaning at the individual level now, now this is why it's got complicated. I say that as a class position, that's the, that's the fiqh. As an individual responsibility, if I was out for a day, I would be making those prayers up without any hesitation. Okay, and I would probably do the same for three, three days as well. I would, but that's an individual uh, thing, and that's because... I don't feel that the definition, the differentiation between the two states is so big enough for me to just leave it. So I'm happy to do it at the personal level. But at the class position, I'm happy with what I just said. Persons involved in the process, they have to make up the prayers. Person who is not involved in a process, an accident that puts you in a coma, then you do not need to make it up however long it is, however short it is. That's the class position. And that's Sheikh Uthaymin's position. Yes, yes. That's also Sheikh Kehlan's position as well. But you'll see that his personal practice also changes. Go on. Just the Bin Baz position. Yeah. The Bim, uh, now, uh, now at least everyone knows where the Bin Baz position is coming from. Yeah. It's coming from the Athar. Yeah. It is probably authentic. That's a, a, you know, I don't know, but I'm, that's my guess. And he's, that, that's, where, that's where three days comes from. You, because whenever you see numbers, 
right? You always need to ask where does the number come from? And rarely are you expecting a hadith. In the fuqaha game, in the fiqh game, rarely do you see a hadith, okay? Because that's yani, where ahl hadith yani, are busting numbers. You know it's coming from hadith. But ahlul fiqh, ahlul ra'i, they're always using implications. So through the five, the five prayers for the Hanafis, that's coming from an understanding of what a normal day is. It makes sense. Six, likewise, makes sense, okay? Prayers, right? The three days is an athar, okay? Yes, carry on. Let's, let me just read out what Mesa is saying, okay? So she's saying in lesson 12, I don't know what lesson 12 is that. Is that years, six years ago, three years ago? I don't know what that is, yeah? But you said that the one who faints is not liable for the prayer, okay? Last year we said that while this is an area of ishtihad, the class position that if the person misses less than three days, then he has to make up those prayers. And if he misses any... Bro, 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 you're confusing me even more. Okay, no, no, she's a sister, but all her sisters are bros. Okay, so, uh, 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 Mesa, what I just said is a class position. It's simple as that, isn't it? Just keep it, keep it at that. Whatever I said, yani, alhamdulillah. If I change my position, this is even better for me, isn't it? Yeah, this means that I'm not rigid, that I'm flexible, that the scholars should never ever yani, stay upon their positions. That makes me a scholar. Allahu Akbar. Right. Um, uh, so, <laughs> less than 12 was three weeks ago, apparently. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I don't know if this has been covered previously, but what about out of consciousness-like state? Like with morphine, whatever. So, no, no, morphine is not the case. But those drugs which are taken uh, intentionally, which are really, really uh, powerful, that you are not in any kind of state aware, then yes, you need to make those prayers up. There's no doubt about that. Okay? Right. Yes. Um, so, if you fall in a coma or faint or whatever, and then you make it up, um, do you have to... That's also a very good question. Yes, what is your intention when you make up those prayers? Is your intention that they are qada or uh, ada? The majority said that your intention, okay, which is in your mind, of course, not 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 said, is that it is qada. And Ibn Taymiyyah's argument has always been, and I have to say that I am again a very big fan of this argument, and that is that it is ada. Okay, because why? He said you are praying it on its right time, that's why. So when you have a valid reason to not be praying, i.e. like you're asleep or you're knocked out, then how could you then be praying it? You couldn't. So the only time you could pray is when you're awake, and if that is the time, then that is its time. That is why, by the way, just to put the cat amongst the pigeons, okay? That is why some scholars said that a uh, prayer does not need to be prayed immediately. Remember we had this discussion about if you've woken up, do you need to pray immediately, fawran or not? And that's what we covered last week. We said there are two evidences which would suggest that you don't. The first one is this one here. The fact that if you wake up, well it's not even evidence, it's a very weak statement, but if you think about it logically, they said that if the right time for a prayer is when you wake up, then if you have three hours to pray that prayer normally, it starts now. Now that's like a risky position. So for Fajr, that would mean, let's say that Fajr is one hour and a half, yes? So the idea is if you woke up at nine o'clock, you've now got an hour and a half to pray. Okay? I don't like that at all. That's like as weak as, as, a, as, a, as a... I mean, I get the first step. The first step I'm very happy with, that this is Ada. It's not Qada. This is Ada. But then that second step to say, now that it's Ada, all of the benefits of Ada are brought along as well. Yeah? So you now get another couple of hours, or you get until the next prayer time. That's the idea, you see? And I'm just telling you now, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqidi, who's the hardcore of strict people, he said that it is potentially acceptable for a person who woke up 
at fajr uh, at 9 10 whatever to not pray until uh, to not pray until dhuhr time meaning that that's what he's got like in the next prayer time now that is not his position but he said i understand why those who would say it would say it but it, but then to move on to the second evidence which is a far stronger evidence okay i don't know if i covered this i did cover it i think in the hadith of the of bilal yes right and let me actually read to you what Shaykh Uthameen says because he does actually end the last section on this. It's, at the, it's on page 141 of Sharh Mumtia. Uh, Sharh Mumtia. He said that, um, what about a person? Said, what, if, what if someone says, didn't the Prophet ﷺ when he woke up tell the companions, let's get out of here, okay, to another place? So they missed Fajr proper. So we're talking post sunrise. Bilal wakes up, Prophet says, what happened? Blah, 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 blah. And then they now, yani, what's happened? The Prophet said, let's get out of here. Uh, Shaykh Uthameen says, uh, absolutely. Yani, he absolutely did. But he gave the reason in the same hadith as well. He said, And yani, this is a place where shaitan is basically living here. And that's why we need to get out of here. And it's not right, therefore, to pray in a place where shaitan or shayateen are. And it is therefore that the Prophet ﷺ forbade praying in the bathrooms because it is the place of shaitan. Because this is where shaitan love to be. And it is also and likewise in the areas of garbage areas, the dumps, and likewise in the camel pens. Now in the camel pens, Ibn Uthameen says, because they are created from uh, shaitan. Okay, now they're not created from shayateen, but they're created from fire. Yeah, and there's some kind of fire element to uh, uh, camels because they're a bit hardcore. They are. Don't if you've tried it, yeah, any, you know, they're not like horses. Yeah, they're a bit tears. Tears the word, yeah. Tears is the word, yeah. You guys do understand that in Urdu, yeah. Fast. Fast. It's not sassy. You see these gasman, sassy. That's the word. Sassy, Deers is sassy, yeah, a bit out of control. That's what I mean, yeah. Fast, fast is the linguistic meaning of Deers. Come on, bro, man. You got no poetry, no nothing, you know. Come on, man, basic guy. You know? So he, so then he said, Sheikh Uthameen says, and I don't mean that they are made physically from devils, okay. يعني مادتها من الشياطين بل لأن فيها خلقا كبيرا من أخلاق الشياطين. No, actually, because they have some really strong, you know, defining characteristics which are shaitani characteristics. <laughs> which is, to be honest, يعني, I mean, if you if you like I said, try to control some camels, they are a bit hardcore. They do do a random, you know. Have you ever seen that classic video where the guy is trying to? Yani, I don't know what he's trying to do. Is he trying to trying to do nahar of it? I don't know. But it just grabs the guy by the head and he pulls him, throws him from one side to the other. I think he was just tying him up. I think he was just timing up, right? Yeah, it's not even like he was giving him, sacrificing the guy. You know what I mean? I understand that. If you're gonna, you know, take the guy out and you're gonna eat him, then you know what I mean. Man, man, man puts up, puts up a defense. I get that. But this guy, Miskin, was just being tied up. And he just reached down and he literally swallowed the guy's head. And you know what's funny is that the guy screams. You know, he's a Saudi miskin bachara. He just grabs him by the head like this and lifts him off the floor. Imagine being lifted by your head. And he just threw the guy. Was well, this real, yeah? Oh, yeah. You've not seen that video? Come on, Yara. It's the most common video ever, Yara. 
Anyway, I'm sure someone will, 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 will put it on the thingy. So they do have a little bit like that. And he said, وَإِذَا كَانَ فِي الْمَخْلُوقِ خُلُقٌ كَبِيرٌ مِنْ شَيْءٍ مُعَيِّنٌ نُسِبَ إِلَيْهِ This is a nice point he mentions. He goes, if people have a dominant characteristic, they are defined by that characteristic. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ مِنْ عَجَلٍ And mankind, when we translate that, you know, literally translated, this verse says, and man has, mankind has been created from hastiness. Right? Which doesn't make sense. Right? Which is why whenever we translate this verse, we say, mankind has been, uh, mankind is hasty. We don't even say created. Because if you write, if you say, mankind is created hasty, that means like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hasty. Right? So we say that man is hasty. That's our translated thingy. And um, and, and he goes, and uh, this is, this, this, I love this statement. And, this, and he goes, and that, Allah said that, Allah is hasty or created from hastiness when he's actually created from dust. Which is all, another awesome statement without saying any blood and vessels, whatever. Which is proper tawheed. Yeah, no, no flapping around. That's what Allah said. That's what it is. كما لما كانت طبيعته العجلة صار كأنه ناشئ منها يعني Uh, he is he basically uh, he goes and that's obviously because mankind's always yani, hasty and it's our dominant kind of characteristic which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that so anyway he um, he said that uh, uh, the Shaykh Uthameen he said that this evidence that no way does this incident indicate that it is permissible to delay the prayer so Uthameen and Muhammad Muhtar Shankiti are two opposite ends of the spectrum uh, Muhammad Muhtar Shankiti said you can delay the prayer and that's the evidence Uh, Amin said absolutely not you must pray immediately and this their delay was only because it was a level an area of shaitan and that is the class position and we should always pray as soon as possible what's the benefit of this discussion that if a person didn't you don't come down on a house of, uh, like a house of bricks upon him because there's some flexibility in the area in the issue yes so someone wakes up from coma yeah self-induced So you mean it was a medical or procedure and they so get taken out? So they miss four prayers, they don't have a son of living in a shower, they wake up and it's, they've got just enough time to catch Fajr. Yes. Do they have to make up those four prayers? That's what they're... we're going to cover now. We're going to cover that right now. Okay? Any questions? So we can just now just do this? Yes. How is forgetfulness viewed? Is it viewed as intentional or unintentional? We just forget, you're busy, you're distracted, you forget. No, no, of course. Uh, 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 unintentional. Forgetfulness is always unintentional. You have to make up the prayer. All the time, every time. Any prayer which is forgotten has to be made up. <coughs> Any prayer. Yes. About because because that's, that's the hadith. That if a person, yeah, a person who overslept or forgot it, then let him pray it as soon as he remembers. Yeah. You talk about drugs, you know, like people after operations or, yes. or whatever. Yes. That are being knocked out, but not completely. What's the, not completely. Not, as in, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dividing line, which is what you want to know, yeah. is something which uh, it can't be given. It, it, it can only be described basically that a person is not aware of who he is, what he is, what he's doing, that, that much. You know, you speak to some people, they go, uh, yeah, but they don't know where they are, who they are, what was going on. How can so you get a person to pray like that? Can you make a qiyas for people who drink alcohol? So there's a difference between a person who does that intentionally and <laughs> unintentionally. Something haram, I mean, because it's permissible for operative purposes to take an anesthetic that would put you in this position. Yeah. It's impermissible for recreational use to take cocaine, which would have the same effect, or drink alcohol, which would have the same effect. 
So a person has to make up those prayers and he's punished and he's in big trouble. A fatwa could give, be given, by the way, let me just make something clear, that he's not allowed to make up those prayers, which is an even bigger problem for him. But what's the, what's the, what's the moment you, 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 you saying to yourself, now I can pray? I don't know. Once he's aware of what he is saying, meaning... I think so. That's that's basically what it would come down to. Yeah. Is it just a question? <laughs> You're such a dodge. You, you, is it on screen or not? No, it's not on screen. Put it on the screen, Yara. You guys didn't believe me, isn't it? When I said that this camel is shaitan, yeah? Okay? Show everyone, Yara. Yeah, he's making nahar, yeah. He's, I, I said it was nahar, you said no. Yeah, he's tiny mob at the same time, though. Oh, he's a homo. Got a natural defensive mechanism, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, daddy. Oh, that's brilliant, yeah. That guy, you know, if you hear a sound, it's very funny. He screams like a little girl. Ah! <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like it when they fight back, Yara. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know what I mean? I've got a little place in my heart, you know what I mean? I get upset at that kind of stuff. I don't mind eating it. I don't mind eating it. But I don't want to be doing it. Stuff like that, Yara. So you know the hadith of the, uh, the ones who the pen is lifted? Yeah. Uh, did the scholars give an illa for that? Yeah, that what is the reason why the pen is lifted? Yeah, because the Prophet said all three scenarios. We're going to cover that now. Yeah, so then can you make the upon this now? That a person whose the pen is lifted from... So the insane one yeah. doesn't make the prayer. Yeah. Because it's involuntary. Correct. So that the accident is involuntary. And so we've said that he doesn't make up the prayer. Correct. So yeah. you're supporting. Correct. Whereas the one who uh, falls asleep is yep. a voluntary action. Yeah. And both yep. make up the prayer. Yeah. So likewise, the one who goes for a voluntary act... Yeah, I think so. I mean, what we've said so far, I think support is supported is supported by the general evidences and the specific evidences. Oh yes. Okay, let's quickly finish off this thing. Then this is not very difficult to be honest. So, in order. Okay, this is page one hundred and forty-three. In order. How do you make it up in order? It's very basically simple. If you've got Yanni uh, uh, five prayers that you've missed, you just make up in order, and that's it. Okay. Um, what's the evidences for that? Because number one. When the prophet, uh, um, because of the wording, it says that let him, when he uh, wakes up or when he remembers it, then let him pray it. And there's no, there's no evidence there to make it different from what it normally is. So there's a common sense of the hadith and the reality is that's how it should be, number one. Number two is the Prophet at Khandaq, four prayers he missed because of the fighting and he prayed them all in order uh, later. In the night time, okay? And that's in the hadith noted by Imam Ahmed and Imam Nasa'i. And that hadith, inshallah, is authentic. And you can see all of the uh, uh, evidences there. And then number three, the third evidence why you have to maintain order is that when you combine prayers, no one has ever said or allowed or seen the Prophet ever pray the second one first, even though they prayed at the same time. So it's the first one first and the second one first, the second one after. Okay? So this is... This is all evidences which indicate that it is obligatory to maintain order when you are making up misprayers. However, 
Is there a possibility that you do not need to maintain the order? What would need to happen so that you do not need to maintain the order? Well, okay, and that's what the next part of the text is. Okay, so that's the Arabic and the English translation is um, uh, However, maintaining that order is rescinded if the order is forgotten Or out of fear of the current prayer's preferred time ending Really simple, okay So the first one Forgetfulness. So if there is a person who has to make up five prayers, okay, and start with Dhuhr, but he forgot, and then he starts with Fajr, okay, then we say that it's not a problem. You, you forgot the order, but you got the prayers right. It doesn't matter. And if he started with Asr before Dhuhr and, and so on, we'd still let him go. Why would we let him go? Why would we say it's authentic and correct? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنَّ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا My Lord, our Lord, do not hold me to account for that which we have, uh, which we forgot or for the mistakes that we made. In the hadith in Bukhari Muslim, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يعني, okay, meaning he accepted this dua, okay, that the people asked for it and I accepted it. So therefore, we are not held accountable for that. Is that clear, everybody? That's nice and simple. The second scenario uh, is, uh, the second reason that order can be cancelled by is if a person fears that they're going to miss the prayer that they are currently praying, okay? So, what does that mean? So, um... For those who study Arabic, just because if you do study Arabic, there's something interesting in this sentence there are, that Sheikh Thameen points out. There are four idafiyat, uh, yani, okay? Mudaf, 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 mudaf ilay. Okay? So if I read it, khashyata khuruji wakti ikhtiyar al-hadira. They all become, yani, khuruji wakti ikhtiyari al-hadira. The leaving of the time of the preferred of the prayer times of 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 mudaf mudaf ilay construct in Arabic is when you say something of something, like son of a yeah mother of a uh, someone some something belonging to someone like that anyway to some some point and uh, what's the what what does it um, uh, mean so uh, uh, order by the way means in terms of uh, uh, well, let me ask you guys. When we say order, what does that mean? What, do, what, what does that mean? Sequence. Sequence of what? What comes first? Oldest? Yeah. Oldest first? first. first. Is first the oldest? Yeah. It is, correct. Yeah, it's first and oldest. So for example, if you missed five prayers, yeah, uh, last, you know, week or whatever, then it would be, and there were all five prayers, then it would be Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Ishar. That's what it would be, okay? So now we've got the scenario where, um, now you, you know that the uh, scholars, they, they had this idea, if you remember, when we talk about a preferred time and a obligatory time, or the time of necessity. You remember we talked about this, yes? Asr is the, the example. We know that for Salatul Asr, it's not allowed to pray in the last hour, Yes? That last hour when the sun is becoming low, 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 and is becoming very, very orange and whatever, yellow and stuff, that is not a time where it is permissible intentionally to pray, unless you have an excuse. 
Yep. So the oldest four madhabs, all the scholars, they agree on that. Yep. That there is a preferred time for asr, i.e., as early as possible. Okay. But there are some scholars that also added another waqt al-ikhtiari or waqt al-daruri. Which prayer is that and when is it? Who can work that out? Yani, a preferred time and a time of necessity. Meaning you're only allowed to pray in that time because of some kind of problem or necessity. No. Which one? How would it work? No, no, not the evidences. What would the time? Uh, uh, what would the times be? Midnight. You mean not twelve o'clock? Yeah, midnight. Yeah. So midnight up to midnight would be the preferred time, and after midnight would be the the time of necessity. Correct, okay? That is with a number of scholars. As you know, class position, Sheikh Uthameen, absolutely not, yes? They said that waqt of Isha ends at uh, midnight, yes? And you know my personal position, I told you before that I've got a lot of doubt of this and that I think that the evidence for it to go to Fajr is a strong one. However, Sheikh Uthameen's case is a compelling one. And that was the one that I did, you know, outside in the... Uh, uh, in Alberta that was the class that we covered that okay so that is a very strong point that he puts forward that no Isha finishes after midnight midnight at the moment is about 11.30 at the moment okay isn't it 11.30 yeah 11.30 yeah so um, so that means that a person should a person should always assume like there is no prayer after 11.30 but if there is then you know if he ends up in there then he goes by the other opinions and he still continues his Isha prayer okay so anyway I'm just saying that these are the two prayers that are under question but from a class point of view only Asr is under, is under question so the point here is that if your recommended prayer time okay and we want to finish off now here if your recommended prayer time is about to expire right and you are too busy making up prayers, all right? Then you stop and you pray your prayer. And the order is all then messed up. But that's okay because of the need. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. Is that clear, everybody? That's the that's the that's the. Thing. So he gives two examples. Let me give the example. So مثال ذلك. Okay. There's a man that he has to make up a prayer. Okay. He has to make up a prayer. Uh, and uh, a misprayer, by the way, is called a fa'ita. Okay? A fa'ita. Alright? Alright? And so he has a fa'ita to make up. And he only has... وَقَدْ بَقِيَ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونَ ذِلُّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مِثْلَيْهِ مَا لَا يَتَّصِعْ لِلْفَعْتِ وَالْحَاضِرَ Okay? So we have a person who needs to pray Salatul Asr. Okay? And... Before and according to the Hanbalis, if that sun becomes yani twice, then that you know, meaning that it's coming to the makru time or haram time, however you want to define it, of, of near Maghrib, like an hour off Maghrib, and it's nearly there, and he's got to make up dhuhr. Dhuhr is the classic example. We forgot dhuhr, okay? And his asr is only got five minutes left. Not five minutes till Maghrib. Let me make it clear: five minutes till an hour left till Maghrib. Yeah, that last hour. He then suddenly the sacks off the dhuhr. Too late, it's going to make me miss my, my asr. So then he prays his asr, and now then he prays his dhar. Okay, so the order of the day is messed up. So he ed- actually ended up praying the uh, um, asr first and the dhar afterwards. Isn't that contradictory though? Because in that last hour, it's discouraged to pray at all. So it is discouraged. It is discouraged. It is discouraged. Some said haram, some said discouraged. Here, 
One prayer is great and the other one's already messed up. So why would you mess up the one that's okay? And whereas the one that's already messed up, it just gets messed up a bit more. Do you understand? That's the basic common sense of the situation. Another example. He says, another man, he remembers that he's missed a prayer. But until sunrise, he's only got a tiny few seconds left, just enough for his fajr. Which one does he do? It's easy, isn't it? You're going to pray your fajr first. Isha has gone anyway, I missed it. All right? Then he prays the Isha after fajr, job done. Okay? And, um, and so, what's the reasons? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded a person to pray the prayer in its right time. And its right time, there's only fajr. And its right time was only asr. So that's the first reason why the evidence for this orders. And the second one, uh, as I just said to you, the second reason is that if you already messed up a prayer, yani, so you're trying to put forth, you're, gonna, you're giving a priority to a prayer which is corrupt already. You're trying to give priority when you think that I'm going to pray out of order because I gotta, I'm going to pray in order and uh, put forward the, the one that you missed earlier on to try and maintain order. Well, you messed it up anyway. So those are the two reasons. Um... Yeah. And in the case of the Fajr one, so obviously say like it's coming up right to sunrise. And you've missed Aisha. And you missed Aisha, I'm not going to go Okay. And you quickly pray Fajr, then should you wait till after sunrise, like after that 15, 20 Unless hours? you've got time. And unless you've got, uh, 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 you know, significant time, number one. Now remember, we've got an issue here. When uh, uh, we've said before that it's impermissible to pray after Fajr until sunrise. Okay. That... That's a lesser in, uh, impermissible time, and then during sunrise is impermissible as well. If there's time is there, and the option is there, then one should then wait until after sunrise. However, if there is something that might make it more delayed, and you're probably not going to pray, etc., etc., then you pray it in that uh, uh, post-fajr time. Not during sunrise though, okay? The question then is asked, okay? The question is asked, are those the only two things that would uh, uh, break an order? Are those the only two things, right, that we would not, yeah, any meaning either you forgot what the order was previously, or for example, that, as I just said to you, time was going to run out. What do you think? Can you think of any other reason? Yes. Suppose uh, I miss Asr and I come to the masjid for uh, Nazir. Okay. And the Iqam is made. Yep. And I remember I missed Asr. Right. So this is very good. Okay, now so this is the third. So what you're basically saying, a third reason would be the congregational prayer. That's basically what you're saying, because it is completely okay for you to walk out the door and not be part of the congregation, right? And maintain your order. Okay, and my class position is that that is correct. A person should not do that. Okay, if a person. Okay, let me explain a few things here, okay? Because we did, you gave the, the, the answer, I was hoping that you'd give it last. In fact, in fact, let's just come back to that, okay? The, uh, can anyone think of another uh, answer before we take this one? Okay? Think of the best of, huh? Your intention But that's only going to work in that. So we'll, we'll, we'll cover that in a second. What is another more obvious reason that you would break a... Um, a, a, a order for that's what he said and we're going to cover that in a second Juma. correct okay Juma. now that's very interesting okay because the Juma is a specific congregational prayer which doesn't come around obligatory by its very own nature and theoretically you could say to yourself that why should I pray Juma? because I've got an hour left for Dhuhr afterwards anyway does that make sense? So here, let's just assume, what would the example be? 
You've missed um, Fajr. Yeah, okay. You've missed Fajr. And you've just woken up and you've just literally just legged it to the masjid because it's Jum'ah time. And then you look at the time Jum'ah now and you say, well, Jum'ah shouldn't stop me doing anything. The Iqamah goes for Jum'ah as you walk in. Okay? And you say to yourself, well, I've got an hour after Jum'ah left of Dhuhr time. So what I should do is to pray, not pray, pray my Fajr instead, and then pray Dhuhr afterwards. And I miss Jum'ah. We say no. Here, Jum'ah is an obligatory prayer that needs to be prayed and it is enough reason for you to break the order. So you and, and the iqamah has just started. So you would pray the Jum'ah prayer with the Imam and you'd pray the Fajr prayer afterwards. Is that clear? That makes sense. Yes? Yes. Eid Salah. Yes. I think the Eid Salah is a good example and I think Eid would apply. Persons miss Fajr and is legged in a, uh, you know, outside or masjid, okay? And they've walked in and, you know, Allah Akbar has started. Okay? You tried to catch me out there and say the Iqamah has started, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah? I know he was waiting for that, me to say that. There's no Iqamah for the Eid prayer, okay? Oh, you think I'm asleep, huh? huh? What do you think this is? You think this is charity, yeah? This is high quality teaching here, brother. Qualified Banda. Qualified Banda. Banda Okay? But that's the order of the prayer. It's an extra prayer, isn't it? The Eid one? Yeah. The Eid, the number of scholars said it's an obligatory prayer. Yeah, you're right. They differed over order the... Order of the prayer. Huh? You would the order of the prayer. You would, yeah. That's also a good point. Mm. It's not... It's before Dhuhr, right? Mm. So what would the alternative be then? So what would the person do? And nothing, and nothing's happened. Well, yes and no. You're right that the order hasn't been broken with respect to obligatory prayers, but the but the order has been broken in terms of chronological prayers of the day. But you're right. That's a good point. Because a different there's a different order though, isn't it? Because specifically for Salah. Is it a different order? It's not. It comes in Dhuhr time, doesn't? It never comes after after Dhuhr. Well, still the order will be maintained for six Salah on that day. Yeah. So that cannot be changed. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, the order will be still there for your Eid, Dhuhr, Asr, Mahdi, You know, by the way, I've, I've got to say something that, that I was meant to say right at the very beginning. And I hope that everyone hasn't logged off. And I hope that, that Abdul Hakim himself hasn't logged off. I was in London. I had a great class, mashallah. It's good to see you, man as well. Yeah, and he returned as well. Uh, from the class in London, uh, Fitna. And one of the LP students, one of the brothers that we all know very well, uh, Sean, Abdul Hakim, he, he gave a whole lot of chocolates for you guys, yeah? And I've completely forgotten it. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, don't, don't worry, I'm not that much of a blagger. Yeah, it's, it's the, it means that you'll get it double. Because he didn't even give one, he gave two big boxes, yeah? So uh, they will come next week. I just wanted to let you know, it's all okay. I haven't nicked it. I was tempted, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like that, but it's going to come, inshallah, next week. It's all under control. It's all under control. Okay, so now the issue is, um, what about, uh, uh, is it too late? or Because or, it's been going on everything. Slow down. Huh? Because we've got this thingy now. Mm, yeah, okay, we'll record it. Because you know what, it's got, the lesson's got long. I do apologize, but I thought that I would be able to finish that, but I didn't, no. Shut up, Yara. What a hater, Gus, son. Uh, traveling, I don't know what's happening. 
there's people having a laugh now. They're asking, well, what time, how long does Maghrib last for? And traveling, whatever. You have a laugh, bro. They don't know the rules. Take, take it. Right, go on, yeah. Sheikh, uh, for example, a person who does not take a salat for a, as an obligation. Someone who wants to say what? If he does not take a salat as an yes. obligation, yes. can he go for a salat and miss Fajr salat and have the intention for a Fajr salat? Yeah, that's what I was going to cover, but obviously not now, so we'll cover that next week, inshallah. Yeah, any other questions? Okay, are we done all line as well? Done? <laughs> but I can't stretch it for one lesson, that's the whole problem, bro. It's only like one page. Yeah, yeah. I thought about, I thought about that a long time ago. Yeah, man, come on. I'm, I'm two miles ahead of you, bro. <laughs> two miles ahead of you. He's such a, he's such a, this guy, yeah. Kasme, man. Go on. Yeah, with regards to the order, what about the rawatib, for example, for the salah? Yes. Do we need to maintain the order in the sunnah? Yes, yes. Because that, because that's what that's what the Prophet ﷺ did. He prayed the two sunnah first, and he prayed the obligatory then. Unless there's a fear of time for fajr to be missed. That's, but that's, but that's not, that's not owing. That's not. That's not owing prayers, is it? That's then it's time. Okay, guys. Exactly. Subhanallah. Bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.